Blog Talk Radio. And welcome to Community Garden Revolution. My name is Mary Huckel, and I'm so glad that you all are here today. It is a great time of the year. The uh, fall mums are out in some of the larger chain stores right now to purchase. Um, there's all kinds of sales that are going on in the catalogs, the seed catalogs. So you got to go online to your favorite companies and check them out and see what they've got. Now, some of the sales are even just one day only or uh, weekend sales. Uh, or a special time, whatever. Uh, I've seen all kinds of different situations. So this is the time to go ahead and look at those seed companies that you uh, purchase items from and then see what sales they've got on when, where, what. So uh, and it's all over the world. So England, we get a lot of things from England, and they've got them also on sale. So it's just that time of year. So uh, enjoy. Uh, we've got uh, here in our Midwest area, we're really blessed with the uh, rain uh, that's coming down uh, on us from uh, the uh, tropical storm Gordon. So uh, it, it is coming down, uh, folks. Uh, it's periodic, but when it's heavy, as they said it would be heavy, uh, they're not kidding. So uh, we're blessed that about four hours from us, uh, up north, <coughs> excuse me, they're going to get double the amount of uh, rain that we're seeing. So, uh, wow, unbelievable. Uh, and we're in the Midwest. So um, there's more uh, uh, tropical storms and potential hurricanes that are out in the ocean uh, coming from the uh, southern Africa area. Uh, the season doesn't end until November 30th, of course, every year. Uh, so there's plenty more action coming. Uh, just be aware. Uh, do listen to your weather station, you know, what's happening, uh, and then see if your part of the nation is going to be affected, whether it's along the coastline or as us, we're in the Midwest. And uh, it's going to go up to the uh, Great Lakes area, as a matter of fact, where they're going to be really pelted with rain, they say. So um, just be aware. <laughs> as I tell somebody else uh, yesterday, I've, I've said this before, uh, it's not ice and snow. <laughs> it's not ice and snow. Now, in our area, we've had a lot of heat, extreme heat. This has been a bizarre summer for us in the Midwest. I don't know what uh, you all know far out west. It's been just unbelievable high temps. I don't know about some of the other parts of the nation, but uh, we've been hit by a lot of humid weather, extremely humid. Um, usually we are hit with steamy, uh, you know, bad weather, but this year it's just been like a notch up. So uh, we don't know what to expect for the uh, fall and winter season. Our trees are trying to, you know, trying to stick in there, trying to turn, but in a way they're so dry that it's just hard for them to turn that corner. So uh, I would say after this rain uh, coming that we'll be getting, uh, then uh, for us in the Midwest, we'll be able to see some really nice colors, I think, coming up in the next few weeks So on the uh, trees. Now, we're also seeing the uh, bales of hay that are out there for sale. Uh, we're seeing, um, you know, peaches and so on that's out there uh, to be picked. And uh, I want to say there's been blueberries, but that could be two weeks ago. Uh, we're seeing in the grocery stores, believe it or not, strawberries still, so they're shipping them in from somewhere, and they look mighty fine, I'm telling you, and uh, my, oh, I'm just salivating already thinking of them. I love strawberries, but um, we are wanting you to eat more fruits and vegetables. Uh, it is very important to do that. We see that in some of the medical tests that we've been having lately. Uh, we have spring and fall medical tests that we do. And uh, by eating uh, right, which we've done this for years, so it's not new to us, but uh, 
we're doing it more as we're getting older. Uh, by having those fruits and vegetables in us, it is making a big difference on our numbers on a lot of different things. Um, my mom just had a group of tests uh, run recently, and she has great numbers. And uh, uh, she's a, a, a older lady. She's not elderly, but, but she's older. <laughs> That's what I'll say. And uh, she's doing all right, doing all right. So, uh, so we see it in all of my tests too. So uh, it does make a big difference, folks. It's preventative. We rather spend the money up front on the fruits and vegetables than the time and the money that it would take to uh, try to heal something. So uh, do take care of yourselves. Eat those fruits and vegetables, whatever income level you are. Uh, it makes a big difference if you can just have a few of them. Now, if you go to a pantry or food uh, bank, uh, there's findings of uh, different uh, groups that are taking their fresh fruits and vegetables to them for a donation. Do take the opportunity to uh, enjoy the freshness of that because of the uh, nutrients in it. Uh, again, preventative medicine is a heck of a lot better. Uh, last year we knew about early, about June, July area, somewhere in that area it seemed to me, we heard about this bad flu that was coming through and uh we were told, uh, you know, in this newsletter that I received uh, not to be in ERs and uh, operating rooms. And uh, so we really watched that because we didn't know really what was going on, to be honest with you. And sometimes those could be fear things. You know, we've seen those too, those alerts. But in the end, it was one of the worst uh, flus that we've seen, uh, particularly in our area of the nation. And uh, we had a lot of hospitals that were full. We had ERs that uh, they didn't even do certain procedures because they said it was just too dangerous uh, because of all the germs. Uh, and this is the first time that I remember seeing the hospitals passing out the little booties uh, that people can use because, believe it or not, and I've run across this this past year on something, as a matter of fact, I had to get medicine for it. Um, there can be germs um, in the hospital, and a lot of it comes off of your shoes. Yes, uh-huh, that's right. So I know of nurses that take off the shoes there at the door. That's why I believe mud rooms are real popular right now. Uh, they're taking off the shoes and are leaving it there then versus going through their house with it. Uh, we've not left our shoes at the door, and uh, I got two toes that had uh, some uh, uh, little uh, fungus or something. We think it's from the geese that we have around here. We have a heck of a lot of geese here because we've got several lakes where I am and some woods, and uh, they just go to the bathroom everywhere. And so uh, we think that's from that. We don't know, but we think that's from that. I don't go barefoot. I haven't been barefoot outside in many years uh, because I don't trust what's out in the, the grass, uh, particularly when you've got geese that uh, when we do the trash cans, there's poo everywhere. So uh, you might want to think that through and watch, uh, on your shoes and watch that because uh, mudrooms are so getting so popular right now. Uh, then when I went through my situation and you know talked to my podiatrist about it and so on, and then, um, like I said before, those nurses had said that's why they got the little booties out there, and they said we don't even wear our shoes past the door because they know that there's so many germs that can be on the bottoms of shoes. The bottoms of shoes. Woof. Wow. So um, <laughs> what you learn, huh? <laughs> you didn't wake up today thinking that you learned that one, huh? Okay. But uh, do be careful because I got a newsletter. Uh, I had this about two, three months ago, and we already knew about last fall when a plague from uh, China was coming over and it got over to uh, California, and supposedly the CDC or some health group said they contained it. I just read something um, today about 
they think they've spotted a case there in Texas. Um, and this is called the plague. It's the Chinese something plague is what it is. And it's very bad. It's deadly. So um, I don't know if it's something that for sure it's out there. I'll have to look it up on the CDC and see if they're uh, announcing something or if they're even acknowledging it. But do be careful this year. Do be very careful. Get your flu shots if that's what you do. I'm allergic to it, so I don't take it. But uh, do be very careful. I do have a pneumonia shot. And that didn't phase me. Uh, that's kind of interesting. But uh, this one does attack your lungs. Uh, this particular plague attacks your lungs. It attacks your uh, certain organs and just shuts them down. So uh, do be careful. Uh, if you have to get some handy wipes, I always have that in the back of the trunk. So I can wipe my hands uh, after I do the gasoline. You know, when you put the car, you know, put the gas in the car. That's this is one of the most germy ba- things. Whenever we go to the grocery store, we always have. Uh, the alcohol on the handles that we touch and whatever, we wipe that off. Um, you know, I've done this stuff for years uh, because I used to have make clients all the time, and I always had alcohol wipes in the back of the trunk in the car. And after I shook their hands and they went on their way or whatever, I always washed off my hands. Um, call me germaphobic. I don't care because I probably am. But uh, I always wanted to make sure that whatever it is they had on them or whatever it is they didn't do with hygiene, that was not going to affect my life. So um, uh, do be careful this this particular season coming up. I kid you not. Um, I kid you not every year, but uh, this year is even probably going to be a little bit notched up compared to the bad flu we had last year. Maybe, maybe so, don't know. Uh, keep it posted because I think I will look up it and see what the CDC says on all this stuff. So, but uh uh, do eat your fruits and vegetables, I kid you not, because that's going to keep a lot of stuff away or help you combat what it is that you're going through. I always tell people when they're going through cancer, be sure you eat your fruits and vegetables. Eat the best you can. You know, that's hard, hard road to toe, but eat, eat what you can as best you can. Uh, but you're going to feel a lot better when you get, get those fruits and vegetables in you. So, all right, you, we're going to be back. You're listening to uh, Community Garden Revolution, and we've got some dis- uh, stuff on here about um, – how to plant for the fall, like for the bulbs, and also we want to tell you about the American Community Gardening Association getting ready for their 39th annual uh, conference that's coming up uh, there in Atlanta, Georgia. So come right back on the other side. Uh, you're listening to Community Garden Revolution. My name is Mary Huckel. <laughs> You're listening to Community Garden Revolution. My name is Mary Huckel, and uh, we want to remind you <clears throat> about the uh, American Community Gardening Association Conference of 2018. It is their 39th annual conference. 39, folks. That's how old they are. They're getting ready to be 40 years old coming up. And uh, it's going to be Atlanta from September 13th through the 16th. They've got a whole roster of different events and, of course, speakers. They've got a gala event that's going to be happening, and uh, it's just a great opportunity for networking across our nation because they do have uh, the opportunity of people from different parts of the nation to come together and tell, tell about you know their community gardening, their sustainability uh, practices, their conservation, recycling, uh, you know, all kinds of stuff, what they're zoning, maybe they're going through on that for cities and towns, um, what they're seeing, uh, you know, the changes uh, that are happening and changes that happen every year, as you know. And uh, more places are going through these work 
place programs to urban farming. Uh, there's innovative health uh, to talk about with pollinators. Uh, there's an auction going to be happening. There's 36 workshops. Um, let's see, they've got a tour of some of the uh, major community gardening and urban agriculture programs in the metro Atlanta area. Uh, they've got uh, southern food that they're going to present to you so you can get an idea what one of the uh, urban farms has. Uh, just a lot of neat things. And uh, they change it back and forth, you know, so next year it'll be somewhere out west. And then uh, the following year will be some out, uh, you know, over this part of the nation uh, because they want to affect as many different people as possible. And they are looking for a few more board members if you're interested. So uh, it's American Community Gardening Association. And um, I'm just so glad that they're doing so well and they're uh, innovate, being innovative and trying to look at different ways of trying to reach out. So hooray for them. Now we're going to go ahead and uh, see what these ladies say about uh, planting fall bulbs. This is very important. We just got some mums for our uh, place where we live. Uh, we've got some in the bathroom. We've got some on the kitchen table and, of course, outside. And uh, we like to color, color. So we're going to go ahead and find what these ladies uh, say about um you know what they do about uh you know fall mums so here we go with these two uh ladies for them. 
and good drainage will allow them to have a restful period after they've bloomed for you and get away all that moisture and sit in a dry location for the summertime. Right. Yeah. Okay. I think we should get digging. How about you? Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. So here we are in the garden and we've prepared the hole. It's about six inches deep. The whole point to planting in this area is to prepare the soil in advance of the planting. And what I did, I added mm -hmm. some leaf mold, mm -hmm. I added some peat moss actually last season. And you want to prepare your soil in advance of the planting. It's really important not to be adding additives that might end up burning the little baby roots that are coming off of these beautiful bulbs. So in advance, you can add coarse sand to aid in drainage. Mm -hmm. Some people actually put a bit of gravel in with their soil because it just allows the water to, to flow more freely. Right. You can add bone meal if you would like, although you have to be careful of that because it is something that is attracted uh, or attracts some little critters. Yes. You can also add uh, coarse sand. You can add composted manure, things like that. And the reason you want to do that is to make this a place where the bulbs would like to be yes. over winter because you want to have happy bulbs. Exactly. <laughs> the soil will make them happy. Right. So that is a really great point. You've got to make sure you do that in advance of planting these lovely bulbs. Right. And then, how deep do we go with yeah. these beautiful bulbs? Well, we often, not often, every single package that we send out actually has the planting depth on it, and even in the catalog as well and on the website. Mm -hmm. Because it's a very important point. You don't want to plant too shallow. Too shallow is never good. But what we recommend is maybe going a uh, little yeah. deeper, a couple of inches deeper. And you know what? When these bulbs are planted and they start to produce roots, Eventually, those roots actually force the bulb up a little bit. Mm -hmm. So the deeper you go, the better it is. There's a few different reasons, too. Deeper means they can't split open and produce a baby very easily because the soil is very compacted down mm -hmm. deeper. Also, what ends up happening at the end of the season, when winter is finished and spring is almost coming, you know those days where it gets a little warm yeah. and then it freezes again? Those are the days that under the ground, those bulbs, if they're planted close to the surface, feel that warmth and they want to grow. So the deeper you go, the better it is for them. They're not going to feel that and not have that urge to get growing a little bit too soon and get frozen. The general rule of thumb is to go three times deeper than the size of the bulb. So, you know, with a bulb this size, you're going down about six inches. We would say if we want to go deeper, go about eight, which is probably about the depth of this hole. And, you know, let's just make a nice grouping. And grouping is important too. We always, you know, try to stress that when you're thinking about your garden design, to plant in groupings as opposed to a planting in a line. Mm -hmm. You know, make a nice grouping, push those bulbs down because it will look much more natural than a, you know, a straight line of, of flower bulbs. And you can mix them up. We're planting some beautiful daffs right now, Gorgeous. and always pointy end up. I always say point <laughs> to the sun. Yes. And so when you're planting, also make sure you're doing it cleanly. Mm -hmm. My making sure that none of the skins are falling off and all around the area. It's going to keep it cleaner so that there are any little pests that might be tempted to go at them. They're not going to know they're there. Right. And I think that brings us to our last point, which is simply just do, do it. it. <laughs> you know, sometimes people are a little bit afraid. Oh, is it the right condition? Is it the right place? You know, what are my favorite colors? What should I do? You know, if you just get out and do it, there's really no mistakes at all. If you don't like what you've done the next season, hard to believe. But if it's not exactly what you want, then do it again. But they'll never get done. If they, if they don't get planted, then what's going to happen is they're never going to get a chance to grow and you're not going to have that beautiful spring.
good and displaced. Right. And look how easy this is. You can mix and match. Another thing people are worried about, too, how far apart do I plant them? You know what? You can get them pretty close together because they'll, they love it. They like being crowded. A better display is a nice grouping of really close together daffs, I think, yeah. because no one sees the empty garden around it. What they see is that beautiful display. So do it, do it, do it, and do it in the fall. Exactly. And, of course, that brings us to our tip of the week uh -huh. is order as soon as your catalog, your botanic catalog comes out because what that will do is not only will that reserve those bulbs for you, but it will also ensure that we're going to send them to you at the right time for planting. Exactly. So you have lots of time to make your choices, get that order in, order as soon as the catalog comes out. If you order whatever you want right away that you love and say, okay, that's the one I want for sure, Call us back a little bit later, add to the order. We love doing that. Mm -hmm. So that means you get what you want, you know you got it, and you can keep adding to it. And when it's the right time to plant for your zone, that's when we're getting up to. That's right. Yeah. Of course, at Botanus, at the Garden Club, we always love to have a giveaway. We do. And this week we're going to be giving away three $10 gift certificates. And our question for you that you need to answer is, what is your best idea for planting fall bulbs? in your area and we thank you ladies i don't believe uh, we fit that weekend part for the uh for the special uh, giveaway thing but uh that's okay uh but we did want to get the information out to you we're now going to go ahead and get some information which i think is important too uh fall cleanup is happening so one one of the extension agencies is talking about that and so we wanted to go ahead and give you information about what they suggest you do on your fall cleanup because we're starting to see a number of them there the community gardens that are not doing the extensions of the season uh, they're wrapping it up or they've already wrapped it up and uh, some of them are going a little bit longer up to the november area uh, for their hoop houses so here's some information about f uh, fall garden cleanup for your community garden Transmitted in the soil. 
One of the real interesting things that we have to clean up is, of course, our squash and pumpkins and watermelons, if you're so lucky as to have watermelons. During the season, we talk a lot about squash vine borers, cucumber beetles, all those little insects that can get in there and ruin the vines, ruin the crop, cause gardeners heartache when it comes to actually getting a crop. You can see the debris on the ground under the leaves of our pumpkins, and while we have a great crop of pumpkins themselves, we're going to want to make sure we get all of this debris cleaned up, not only so that it doesn't harbor the eggs of those insects, but we also had some diseases in the foliage this year. This is another location where ideally we're going to do a little bit of rotation of crop if at all possible. Know full well that since we do not spray up here, we probably are going to have vine borers and squash beetles again next year. You may have put in some cool season crops very early last spring, and if you're lucky, they are still producing. This is the Artworks Broccoli, which is one of the All-America selections. We actually didn't do the harvesting the way we probably should have, but what this is supposed to do is produce very tiny, small heads as opposed to the giant ones. The cool season crops can go later into the season, and some of them actually increase in flavor after a hard frost, such as Brussels sprouts. That also means that if you're going to do good garden cleanup, you might be doing it in stages pull these out later, allow them to complete their cycle, and then get ready for next spring. If you put in cool season crops this fall, you may or may not have had good success, and if you didn't, especially if you're working in a raised bed or in a location where you've done other plantings like this before, you might want to consider going ahead and doing some pretty significant soil amending before next spring. The material you cut or remove from your garden in the fall for cleanup can be put in the compost pile as long as it is pretty disease-free and especially if you have built a compost pile correctly so that it will get hot enough to kill the diseases and kill most of the insect eggs. This is a great example of one of the compost piles that we use in the backyard farmer garden. We lift these sections off, our master gardeners turn it, then we can actually spread that material on the garden either later this fall or in the spring and it helps enrich the soil and gets rid of all that debris without taking it to the landfill. Be aware, however, also that if you're in a location where all of those voles and ground squirrels and other critters that Dennis Ferraro talks about on the show make the garden their home, they absolutely love going up into the warmth of that compost pile. You might pull the top off of that and discover that you have a bitty family of rodents living in there as well. Boy, that's concerning, isn't it? <laughs> well, thank you for joining us today for uh, some great information uh, about uh, closing it down for the fall and what you can do to plant uh, items for the spring. So we appreciate you've been listening to Community Garden Revolution. My name is Mary Huckel, and uh, do start a community garden where you live, work, or play. It's so needed. We hear about more people wanting fresh fruits and vegetables when they go to these food banks and food pantries, and that some uh, gardens are donating their excess to those places, too, to help out. So that is awesome. So congratulations to those places. You're listening to Community Garden Revolution. My name is Mary Huckel. Have a great Community Garden Day.